Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message from Stonebridge United Methodist Church. We hope it encourages you to live and love like Jesus. We're going to look at Matthew 9, but as we get into this, I want to provide a context. Uh, For almost 30 years, a talk show host by the name of Merv Griffin, any of you remember Merv Griffin? Uh, He kind of established daytime talk shows. And over the course of that almost 30 years, I understand he had like 25,000 guests. I was trying to do the math on that and how he got that many guests. But one of his most popular guests was a weightlifter. And uh, this guy came out, you know, and he was talking about his his diet, his workout routine, how he built himself up. And Merv Griffin asked him a question. He said, okay, but um, what, um, what are all these muscles good for? And the guy takes off his shirt and begins to flex. And his triceps and his biceps and his pecs, and they just explode. And the crowd goes crazy, you know, cheering as he's, as he's posing. And I'm not going to do that. But, um, um, and, and Merv pushed him a little bit. And he said, but what, um, what are the muscles for? And so the guy gets up again and he begins to flex and, you know, and this time his muscles are even getting bigger, you know, as those guys, as they flex more and more, their muscles just get bigger and bigger. And, and, and Merv pushed him again. Okay, I can see your muscles. What are they for? And supposedly you could see the guy was just embarrassed. And finally he sat down with nothing to say. Because the muscles were for show. The muscles were for show. And, and so the question that we're going to ask today as we look at chapter 9 is, what is our faith for? Is our faith for show? How do we make a difference for Christ? How do I use the muscles, the talents, the gifts of the Holy Spirit for the sake of Jesus Christ and the building of Christ's kingdom on earth? How do we, as the people of God, go about the business of Jesus? And particularly, we're going to ask the question, okay, what did Jesus' ministry look like and how can we continue that ministry in our lives, our church, and in this world. Let's pray. Lord God, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength, our Redeemer. May these words be your words. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Um, I like to call this the three M's of Jesus' ministry. The method the motivation, and the means of Jesus' ministry. The method, the motivation, and the means. First, the method. There in chapter 9, and Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and curing every disease and every sickness. That is the method. To preach, to teach, and to heal. 
And as you look deeper into the Greek here, you see that to preach is not just what I'm doing up here right now, okay, in terms of trying to explain a particular passage of Scripture in a worship service, but it is what we do with our mouths and with our actions in the name of Jesus Christ. To be and to proclaim the presence of Jesus Christ with who we are in the community. Everybody is about the business of preaching. And to teach, to teach the words of Jesus, to teach uh, the foundation of the faith, and then to heal. Not just body, but soul and emotions. To preach, to teach, to heal. Um, And Matthew, when he talks about Jesus' ministry, is strategic in where he puts this passage. Actually, these exact words are in two places, here in chapter 9, and then at the end of chapter 4. Okay, now if you know Matthew, you know that the end of chapter 4 leads into the Sermon on the Mount, chapter 5, 6, and 7. And in the Sermon on the Mount, we get the basic values of Jesus, the, the Beatitudes, all the different kinds of sayings of Jesus, who we are to be and in the name of Jesus. And so what Jesus is doing here, I mean, what Matthew is doing here is he's setting a context for us of what we are to teach and to preach. Okay? He says to preach, to teach, to heal, and then Matthew gives us the words of Jesus of what to preach and to teach. And now, in chapter 9, this passage comes right before the calling and naming of the twelve disciples and the giving them authority to be a healing presence in the world. So what Matthew's basically saying is that we're given what to teach and to preach and we're given the authority. And the, and the broader sense of this is that Even though these words are directed to the disciples, they are the disciples of then, of those to come, and today. The method of Jesus to preach, to teach, to heal. The motivation of Jesus is compassion. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And, and Jesus wants us to know that the crowds are the object of Jesus' compassion. And the word there, the Greek word there, is splenzomia. Uh, and what that Greek word means, it is the most emotionally packed word in the Greek language. When you use that word, it is a compassion that goes to the very depth. It is a compassion that you can do nothing else but act on the other person's behalf. That you are driven by your compassion, by this emotion to, to work on that person's behalf. Twelve times in the gospel, this word is used to describe Jesus. Twelve times it is compassion that kind of deep compassion that drives Jesus to heal, to reach out to those who are in need. Um, and, to like, uh, and, and so now, that compassion now is passed on to us. 
we are to exercise the same compassion, the same motivation for our ministry. And then, what is the means? The means is the disciples, the workers. Then he said to the disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out the laborers into his harvest. The work is there. The question is, will there be disciples to do the work? He had the twelve. And then he had the one twenty there at the ascension. And then at Pentecost, there were 5,000. And the disciples began to multiply from there. And we are a part of that great parade of disciples that are to preach, to teach, to heal in the compassion, the deep, the deep-seated compassion that we can do no other but to care for one another and to care for those who are hurting. And, okay, so what makes me or us qualified for this? I mean, is there a resume we need to turn in? A couple of things. Jesus just calls the willing. He calls the willing. Um, All of this is to get the disciples to share the good news. Jesus taught them that it is not who you are or how powerful you are. It is how open we are to servanthood. In, In fact, if you'll notice in the Gospels, the 12 disciples, Jesus chooses the most unqualified group of disciples that you could possibly imagine. I mean, these are not religious folk. These are fishermen. They're tax collectors. They are, they are the, they're a couple of outcasts. And the same is with us. Are any of us qualified? We're qualified only by our willingness to answer the call. In fact, this is what Paul says about us. By the way, I had a roommate in, in seminary that hated this passage. He said, he said, John, do you realize what this passage is saying about you and me? And it goes like this. It's from 1 Corinthians 1, 27-29. God chose the foolish things of the earth, of the world, to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and to despise things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. I think that pretty much all of us qualify for that, right? And further, Jesus calls those who will show up. Sometimes just showing up to be available so that we can be used for the work of God. Not because of what we are able to do, but because of what God is able to do through us. And showing up is so critical because oftentimes we don't feel like showing up. I didn't feel like showing up yesterday for the work day. But you know what? We had fun. I mean, afterwards I went, wow, this is really cool. In fact, Will Daniel, after... 
and, and just if you notice out there, the parking spaces that are, that are blocked by some of the branches, that's just a fraction of what we didn't get hauled off. I mean, the, the huge group of men that showed up, just absolutely, isn't that right, Nelson? Well, Will brings me over, we're almost done, and he says, come, come, come here, come here, come here. And he stands there and he goes, now, just look. This is what men do. We work and then we look in amazement at what we have done. <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. And, and it was just showing up. Just showing up to be available so that we can be used. In the same way, we show up to work at Malvern Elementary School. We show up in all the different ways that we are in mission. We show up in this worship setting to encourage one another. We show up at things like a movie night for the families. Not just to see a movie, but because more than likely somebody's going to show up at that, at that movie night that just needs a friend. We show up to be the body of Christ. John Brody, former quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers, was for a while being used as the placeholder for the kicker on extra points and field goals, which is very unusual in the NFL for the starting quarterback to be holding the football. And so the reporter after the game said, Brody, we don't understand. Why, why is it that you're holding the football for the kicker? You get paid millions of dollars. Why you? And he said, well, if I didn't, the ball would fall over. <laughs> you know, in the same way, that's who we are. If we don't show up, who will? Who will? God calls those who are faithful. It's not ours to know the results. It is not ours to know the work. It is ours to follow. It is not ours to be frustrated by the massive work that is before us. It is ours to do what we can, when we can, in every way that we can. The faithful. The story is told about an older gentleman who was walking down the beach and he saw this young man who kept picking up starfish and throwing them into the water. And so he walks up to him and he says, young man, he says, don't you realize that this beach runs for miles and that there are millions of starfish that have been left on the beach by the, by the high tide? He said, what difference are you making? And the young man reached down and picked up a starfish and threw it into the water and he said, it makes a difference to that one. We do make a difference, even if it's just to one. So why is this important? Years ago, there was a church meeting, and a member always used the same prayer when he was called on. He would say, O Lord, touch the unsaved with thy finger. And then he would go on to pray. Well, one night... He was asked to lead the prayer, and he began, Oh, Lord, touch the unsaved with your finger. And then he abruptly stopped. 
Someone thought, well, something's happened to Joe. And so they went up to him afterwards and, and they said, Joe, are you okay? And he said, no, I've never been better. He said, I started that prayer with, oh, Lord, Lord, touch the unsaved with thy finger. And he said, it was like the Holy Spirit said to me in that moment, you are my finger. We are the finger of God. We are the presence of Jesus Christ. John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist movement, toward the end of his life was asked by one of his big supporters and, <clears throat> and organizers what was going to happen when he was no longer around. Wasn't he afraid that maybe the movement would lose its momentum and that it would no longer exist? It was eight. It was... Um, 1777, this is what he said. He said, no, Alec, no. The danger of ruin to Methodism does not lie in me. It springs from quite a different quarter. Our preachers, those who are fallen, those who are not spiritual, <clears throat> those who, do not, who are not alive to God, those who are soft, Fearful and shameful toil. They're afraid of toil and hardship. But Alec, give me 100 preachers who fear nothing but sin and desire nothing but God. And I care not a straw whether they be clergymen or laymen. Such alone will shake the gates of hell and set up the kingdom of earth, kingdom of heaven upon earth. Give me just 100, said Wesley. Just 100, and we will shake the gates of hell. Now, ours is not just to show off our spiritual muscles, but to put them to work. Will you? Let's pray. Almighty God, Jesus Christ, our Lord, Open our hearts to hear your voice. And now, I offer myself as an instrument in your holy work in this world. Put me to doing wherever you will. Let me be exalted or laid aside for you. I freely yield all things to your pleasure and disposal. All things, O Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Stonebridge United Methodist Church. You are invited to worship with us every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. For more information, visit our website, mysumc.org. Have a blessed day.